Happy New Year's Eve. Yeah, right. It's the last count. Cal- the day that we were posting this is the last calendar day of 2022. The we made it, y'all. Our Lord and Savior. We we're made done. it. Um, wow, what a year, Connor. How are you feeling? I feel really good. My year has been very good, obviously, with you know, being here. But I'll be heading back soon. So, yeah. But my year, 2022, is a good. Good year, a productive year for me. Yeah, yeah, Connor. I think I think we've got a couple loose ends before the year closes out. Yep. Here on the podcast, at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but it's kind of it's kind of funny that this is striking right on New Year's Eve because we have a little bit of an update in terms of our latest episode, our Harry Potter episode. Can yes. You, can you shine some light on what I'm talking about? So we. Our last episode of Harry Potter, like, was really cool, and I really liked that episode, And but I hadn't seen the Harry Potter movies in so long, and I was just kind of running off nostalgia while Vince had seen them. But recently, I just binge-watched all of them. Like, so now I'm totally refreshed, and there's a couple things that now I would like to say. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. This is cool because... Last episode, we got to look a little bit about what nostalgia versus a recent viewing for the first time ever was for this series. But I am curious to hear what your like recent thoughts are. So, I, yeah, I'm, are, how do you want to how do you want to break this down? Are you going to talk about it movie by movie? I'll kinda just how go. You felt? I'll just go movie to movie. See what's going on. It'll just be real quick, real what I think. Very. We'll talk about it, and this will be brief. Well, brief for us is. Eight hours, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This won't take four hours. No, no. Um, and this is not our only plan for the episode. Yeah. So this episode, we're kind of doing something a little bit different. We are talking about sort of two different facets of the lovely company Warner Brothers. Um, we're talking about Harry Potter, obviously, which is mm-hmm. sort of its piece of the past right now. And then we are going to be talking about the news the updates with um, the DC movies that are going on and less speculation about what is going to happen and more kind of what we want to happen because as everybody knows, we'll soon find out what actually happens and that will make this episode obsolete. Yeah. But what what, uh, is interesting is to have kind of our thoughts about what we really want to see and then compare that to what comes out later on. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, no, but for for Harry Potter, Connor, um, for Harry, you, you had seen you had seen the first two. I had recently. I had seen the first two semi recently when we recorded the podcast, but I hadn't seen the third on. For I've seen them, but and I had seen them, but it had been a while. Um, but yeah, I said my piece about the first two, so I can kind of skip them, or I'll be very brief. I think the first one is like a very very good adventure movie. But it's clearly a kid's adventure movie. It's very, like, the problems are set up, and then they're easy to solve. Like, you know, oh, she's the smart one. And then at the end, it's like, all three of their skills are perfectly needed to get the bad guy. It's like, okay, that's fun, but this is for kids, you know. And then the second movie immediately got way darker, like, way darker. And I really like that. I think it, it was very interesting how they 
uh, changed it and how the, the vibes changed. But the vibes from movie to movie are so different. Like, re- I didn't really understand until I watched them mm. again. Uh, the third one is, uh, you, you said this, you said it's, the third one is probably the best one, like, movie made, but, yeah. and I would agree with that. I think it's, that is such a good movie, and the twists in it, and the characters, and what happens is, like, very interesting, and obviously it's really good, and it is very standalone. Like, you need this movie to watch the rest of the movies, but you don't actually need to watch the first two to watch it. So, right. I really like that. And I think the acting in it is, oh my God, it's so good. Sirius Black, played by, Gar- played by Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman was, is one of my favorite actors. He kills it. And he does such a good job of like, because you rewatch it and you know that Sirius, spoilers, is a good guy. Like, and Gary Oldman plays him very scary. Like the scene where he's with, um, the teacher, the werewolf, uh, Lupin. Lupin. The, the yeah. scene where he's with Lupin and they're in the, uh, and he's about to kill Peter Pettigrew, and he's just breaking down, and he's like, "No, he doesn't." I was like, oh, "Okay, he's he's a good actor. He's he's crazy. This is great." And that I that movie was so good. I love Lupin, Sirius, obviously. Just the additions they added, and the whole time turner bit at the end is very smart. It's a very smart movie. But it is very standalone. Like Voldemort's not in it at all. So, yeah. or they talk about him obviously, but it's more about Sirius right. Black and then the twist of Peter Pettigrew, which is, and this is where they introduce the Marauders map, which is such a good addition to the story. Right. I, it's, I, yeah. It's, this is a great movie. It's cool now that you're saying that to hear how many plates this movie's balancing, even without the yeah. Voldemort stuff. It feels like the to balance the werewolf part of the story with introducing the Dementors mm-hmm. and time travel as like a piece of the film and yeah. a bunch of other elements being introduced. It feels like it handled that very, very well. Yeah, for real. And very smoothly. Like it doesn't feel disjointed. Yeah. I, I also think, I remember watching it and there's the whole thing with the Boggard. Boggard? I think it's the thing that becomes your worst fear. And he, uh, Harry uses it to practice his um, Patronus. Uh, in the book, Lupin is uh, afraid of the moon because he's a werewolf, which is, you know, the most like blatantly obvious thing. In the movie, it was so obvious that it was the moon. I remember in the book, yeah. it was like his fear is a floating orb. Like you, it, you didn't know what it was. It was like, what? And then in the movie, it's clouds and the moon, like, clearly. And you go, oh, well, yeah. this dude's a werewolf. Like, duh. <laughs> like, who else is afraid of the moon? But, uh, so I thought that was a little weird. But also, that's the only, like, real correction I had for this movie, or thought, negative thought I had about this movie. It was really good. Yeah, um, it feels, it yeah. feels like one of those things, Lupin as a twist, if the movie tried to play him off so much as, like, he's the werewolf. Yeah. It, wouldn't have worked for mm-hmm. even for people who had read it, you know, obviously it wouldn't have worked for them because they already knew, but even audiences who hadn't have read the book. I mm-hmm. mean, his name is the Latin word for wolf. 
Yeah, which for, even it, subconsciously, a lot of people pick up on that. Totally, and and then uh, yeah, being afraid of the moon and stuff like yeah, that. It's, I don't it's know. so obvious. But I also think if that had been a twist, like oh, he's a werewolf, and we don't know, it probably would have added too much, and we would have been yeah. like, oh, Sirius is a good guy. What? <laughs> he's a werewolf. Like it, it would have just overstimulated us. So I think yeah. I think they probably did that on purpose. And they did a really good job at playing it off as kind of like a semi-twist. Yeah. It felt like a twist for the kids themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you as a viewer weren't surprised, but you could relate with the kids being surprised about it happening. Yeah. And oh. that kind of propelled the story forward. I thought that was interesting. It reminded yeah. me of, you know how like the Winter Soldier came out and everybody knew that Bucky's the Winter Soldier? Yeah. And you can see it. You can just see his face like you're like, that's Sebastian Stan. But the movie yeah. plays it off well because it's kind of not really the reason you're watching it. You're not like, oh, who's it going to be? Yeah. They're not it's trying kinda... to hide it from you. Yeah. Which it totally worked. And it worked for Winter Soldier. And I do think it worked for Harry Potter. How yeah. did how did the fourth one hold up for you? Because I know that that was your favorite. It, it was kid, very good. I, I still really liked it. It was Dang, the okay. yeah. It was the only movie that made me cry. Ooh, with mm-hmm. with Cedric's death. Yep. Yeah, I think the the Triwizard Tournament is obviously the best part of the movie. Like it is the coolest part. The dragon fight, the the maze, the underwater stuff, and that whole dynamic is really good. I don't really like the dynamic of. The kids, this movie, they're all kind of annoying, and like Ron and Harry are fighting, and it's like, and the, I don't care about the prom, like, but that's, I remember that being such a bigger part of the movie, and it's not, mm. like, it, the movie's still really good. I do like the third one more than the fourth one, mm. I would say, but the Tri Wizard Cup stuff is really good, like, highlights good. Um, yeah, but the fourth one, had some very interesting stuff. And it, I think it's the last movie that is the traditional Harry Potter movie. Like, I know that sounds weird to say, but this one still has the vibe of the first movie. It's still kind of light and playful and adventurous and stuff happens and it's, you know, people die. But, like, until Cedric dies, it's still kind of fun and light and, like, ha, ha, ha. And then Cedric dies, and you're like, oh, okay, this is really serious. And then it becomes a lot more serious. Serious Black. <laughs> nice Sorry. one. Yeah, thanks. So, um, no, but I really like the fourth one. It is random that they all have long hair, though. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I kind of love it, you know, as a, as a little piece of 2005, but <laughs> it is a bit weird. It is a bit weird. Um, how do you feel about this subplot of, man, I'm forgetting the guy's name, but the dude with the Mad-Eye Moody. Mad-Eye Moody. I, I was going to talk being, about Mad-Eye Moody. That, I, to me, is the weakest part of the movie that really holds it back. I don't know if it's the weakest. I think it's a, it's very interesting, and I, it's a Harry Potter movie. Every Harry Potter movie has like a twist in it or something in it that's like, whoa, the story's changing. And uh, the Mad-Eye Moody thing was very good i thought it was cool and um but the problem is and we talked about this last episode and it's true mad eye moody we never really meet him the kids never actually know him and unless barty crouch jr is a 
like genius actor who is lit- like <laughs> he is perfectly mad eye moody he's perfectly mad eye moody and so the kids don't know mad eye moody and then when right. he's like they're all like fighting with him they're like oh it's mad eye moody it's like you don't know this dude you've never okay m- you know what i mean so- so for your for what you're saying is it's more of a problem with the later movies that they don't tap into actually introducing the kids to him as an actual yeah. character. And you don't think it's as much of a problem with this particular movie. No, with this movie I think it's fine. Like the twist actually works and they set it up pretty well. Like you're not guessing that Mad Eye Moody is someone else. Like that's not going through your head. And the fact that he's drinking polyjuice potion the whole time, you're like, that's liquor or whatever and it, oh, it's like, it's a good tie-in, but I think the other movies, that character suffers because they yeah. you don't know him. You don't really know him. That's and interesting. Just, yeah. About the creative, kind of the creative choices of this movie, I knew that they cut out Dobby from this one as well. They did, yeah. And it, so it seems like they were making adaptation choices that were the best for this particular movie, but not necessarily the best for the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. Maybe I I'm wrong so. about that though. You're you're you know, you're somebody who read the book and can kind of understand that. Nah, a little it's more. been even longer since I've read the Never book. Never mind. Like, dude, <laughs> I can, I couldn't tell you. Um Yeah, but I thought the Mad Eye Moody stuff in this movie worked very well and in every other movie it doesn't. But gotcha. I, I yeah, I explained that. Um So then we're into the fifth movie. The fifth movie started and I was so confused. I was so confused. Because it was lame. Because it starts in the real world with him on a playground. And you're like, what? And then uh, uh, D- Dudley, sorry. And then Dudley is like bullying him. And then freaking Dementor show up. And you're like, this is, this is weird. Like, of every opening of each of the Harry Potter movies, this one was like the worst. And yeah. I was kind of, I was just confused. I was like, what? Why is the cinematography so weird? And why is the color so bland? And what is this? Like, is this what this movie is? I don't remember this. And then you hit the magic world. Because, and they did this on purpose, I realized. They, every time you're in, like, the muggle world, they film everything very boring. It's very yeah. boring. Nothing is special. And I, that's what they're trying to do. They're, like, trying to make the world, like, gray and colorless. And then when you join, when you get into the magic, the fifth is, pro- uh, I, I know the third is like the best movie. I think the fifth might be the best movie. Ooh, okay. The fifth is wow. really good. The, the Umbridge stuff is good. It's yeah. good. She is so good. You, oh, she's the worst character ever. Yes, <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, oh yeah, my. doubling down. Yeah, gotta double down. Hate Umbridge, just, but the respect for that actor because when you can make a character that hated, you know you're doing a good job. Like she, the writing on that character was great, and obviously she's the standout. But uh, what else happens in the fifth one? It's him. Well, the ministry, the ministry. subplot obviously ties into Umbridge. Yeah, because he gets know, in trouble. She's part of it. He gets in trouble for using magic. Yeah. And I remember in the book. I remember the fifth book being the worst. Because it was so, the first half, or at least a long portion of it, was dealing with, like, the law and why he's in trouble. And you just kind of, like, follow the court system, and it works because you're, like, figuring out the real 
magic world and you're diving deep into it, but it's so boring. Yeah. But the movie worked really well because they kind of just like brushed past the boring stuff and went, this is what you kind of need to know. And now we're into the interesting right. stuff. And the interesting um, stuff in the movie is very good. Because Umbridge kind of represents all that without you having to you know, hit it over everybody's heads exactly. so much. And the parts that the, of the beginning of the movie where it spends, uh, Harry spends time with the Order of the Phoenix at Sirius yeah. Black's house. That part's interesting, but it is definitely slow. And I don't think it really picks up until he gets to Hogwarts, yeah. like you're saying. And um, something that we missed when we talked about it the first time that I think is interesting is Harry sort of training the other wizards. That's right, yeah. Dumbledore's and I think army. that makes him a more interesting character. It definitely does. I mean, it is interesting because you're like, it, it was just a cool dynamic of, of um, oh, these people, they've actually never used wands like against someone. They've never used magic in a, in a fighting way. And Umbridge is like trying to, um, you know, have them give up their, whatever they, she won't train them to do that. And then they create the army and it's like, cool. Also, this is something I realized way into it. I was like, Harry Potter is like, it, this, this sounds very weird, but l hear me out. Harry Potter yeah. as a whole story is such like a conspiracy theory like story. Ooh. Because, Ooh. because, think about, okay. It is about people who at one point trust their government and then bad people start taking over their government and some people trust the government and some people don't and you're rooting for the people who don't. Ooh, we're making an illegal army. Like, you know, we won't give up our wands. We, we will fight. And it's like, wow, <laughs> this reminds me of a couple. I'm like, this reminds me of some people. <laughs> you know we won't give up our wands. <laughs> I mean, oh, don't no. tread on me. <laughs> no, like I just snake. thought it was oh, very it's interesting. It's just like the snake in Harry Potter. Exactly. Oh, you're on to something, I'm Connor. Something. I, think you're, I think you're on to something serious. No, I thought I just thought it was interesting because I was like, this is kind of like anti-government propaganda. Like, <laughs> she she really interesting. She like because I mean, even there are politicians that like, and then it's it's it was so funny. And the fifth movie is where that starts, like where yeah. you see that, and they're trying. It's the government trying to control the people and trying to subdue them so that someone can take over and really take over, which is obviously not even like ignoring American politics. That's like yeah. what happens in dictatorships or anything like that. And obviously, I think that's what she was going for more, right, where right. Voldemort is more like Hitler than he is, you know, you know a yeah, Trump. Fill in the blank. Yeah, it's yeah. really funny that you say that. I also think it's interesting how that pairs the characters, um, that, that like lack of trust in their system pairs with nostalgia for kind of what Hogwarts used to be or what they have yeah. in their heads is like, oh, Hogwarts, this great institution. And it is kind of funny throughout the series, we find out more about, you know, Hogwarts's past isn't so rosy. Mm -hmm. You know, the first guy from the Slytherin class was trying to, you know, genocide the, the half muggle wizards or the muggle-born wizards. Well, he's trying to kill all muggles and right. anyone who isn't a pureblood. Yeah. There's so that's I, been there's, around yeah, there's Harry the Potter racism. Yeah, and that's been there. And so it's kind of funny 
how that's part of it as well. It's not like, it's not so simple. The story's, the story's not so simple that, oh, Hogwarts is this perfect place and yeah. Voldemort is ruining it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really interesting because then Voldemort wouldn't have gotten that power because everybody would be against him. Totally, totally. And I mean, it is, I, it's very cool. I, it's because we see it in real life of like people following this guy who's like, you know, yeah, you, like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? But no, hey. Um, also, let's just say this. Uh, I, I I didn't talk about it in the fourth movie. Ray Fiennes, who plays Voldemort, was such a good casting choice for Voldemort. Yeah. He eats every moment he can, and obviously, everyone jokes about the like Abedicadavra thing and like. It's so, but he, if he didn't do that, if he didn't give you 110% like weird and just embrace the, the snake-like and the whatever, yeah. I, it wouldn't have worked. You, he wouldn't have been nearly as intimidating. He wouldn't have been scary, and you just wouldn't have cared. He would have been some villain. But the fact that he is like such a snake and he's so odd is like cool. Yeah. And it really, like he, he nails it, and I think he brings a lot to that character. That's true, because I, I don't know how much was on the page for him with the, that kind of stuff. The what biggest details they, they give, they obviously give, like, he has no nose. Yeah. And his eyes are slits. Like, the whole thing is that he l- looks like a freaking snake. Yeah. And that was, that, that was always the goal. But um, how do you, you feel about the sixth one upon rewatching it? Because uh, I, I know that that one was a little less clear mm-hmm. in your mind. It was. It was we a lot less about clear. It last time. And as I was watching it again, I was like, oh, this happens. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot all about this. Like Harry, like, um, sorry, like Dumbledore drinking the potion, the torture potion. I was like, yeah. that happened. I totally forgot about that. And I, for, I know this is dumb. I forgot about, like, the Half-Blood Prince and, like, where it came from. Like, I know Snape is the Half-Blood Prince, but he, like, grabbed the journal. He grabbed the journal, and I was like, what is that? Oh, oh! I was like, "Duh! What am I even talking about?" Like, what else happens in the sixth movie? I'm already, I'm still blanking on it. Okay, they, so you'll I'm curious s- I just, too. I just need to. No, no, no! But this is this is something I was going to point out. Is I feel like even though both of us have now seen it recently, there is something about this movie where its detail details are kind of forgettable. Yeah. Where it kind of gets bogged down by everything that's around it. Um, I I remember that the opening of the film. They're at the Weasley's house, and the Weasley's house gets attacked. Right? Yeah. Or, but this is only after they show a bunch of different things happening in the Muggle world. Um, yeah, well, how does it learn? Is it him, so Harry, is it him with the Polyjuice potion? Is it, it's them where they all take Polyjuice potion and fly around, and they're all hairy. And then they go to the that Weasley's? Might be or is that the, the seventh? Seven. I think that's the seventh. Yeah, it but is at the, the beginning... Oh, well, something happens at the Weasley's house in the sixth one. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. Maybe, maybe it's at the end of the film. <laughs> wow, I'm already, we I'm forgot. already turned around. Yeah, I, all I, I think remember that's clearly fair. is there's the new teacher or the teacher who's coming back. Dumbledore, Dumbledore that's takes right. Harry to yeah. his house and they convince him to come back mm-hmm. to Hogwarts. And he taught Voldemort, and the Half Blood Prince was Snape, one of his students. Yeah. Yada yada. I don't I, know. I, I think, think it's good. Movie, it's still a good movie. Yes, definitely. And I don't... It's so funny. I do not remember the details of the movie. But um, 
No, it's a good movie, and it really... Uh, it did the job. I think it just pushes the story along, but that's kind of what it does. It just kind of... It pushes the story. It adds horcruxes. It tells you more about Snape. Like, that's... It's just moving along, and I don't... Dude, I cannot remember what happened. That is so funny. This was my well, favorite book as a kid, and I don't remember it. Favorite one of the Harry Potter books as a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty balanced. It's got the Hogwarts stuff still going on and Quidditch and all that. Yep. Yeah, that's some right. Good, some good high school hijinks. Is this the one where Ginny joins the team? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she was doing some stuff in the fifth one, but she's a more a character. She kind of replaces Cho as um, Harry's love interest in this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you okay? This is yeah. this is sort of the ultimate test of if it actually holds up or or grows up with you. Uh, seven part one. I remember you saying as a kid you found it boring. It was very boring, which makes a lot of sense as a kid. And I still I rewatched it and I appreciated it more, but it definitely was boring. Like mm. there is a lot of walking around in the woods, and it's kind of boring. The, everything before that is really cool, like the, the them doing the polyjuice potion and like sneaking into the um, ministry. Very cool. Yeah. I really like that. Those actors were good. The the three people they got to play them was so good. I honestly, they were hilarious, and um, I love that. Like you learn, Umbridge has a Horcrux, and it makes her mean. Like that's almost why she's a horrible, and she wears it while. Being a judge over people is yeah. so like it adds it adds to that character again. But wow, it's um intense. No, I I I liked it, and the addition of Horcruxes is, is is good. But I still don't get the like sword in the river thing. The the yeah the Godric Gryffindor sword. Yeah, because it just shows up in the river movie. and. Doesn't it like show up when it's supposed when it's needed or something? But well, don't they explain that in seven part two how Snape sent that there? I guess he used his Patronus to get the sword there to them or to sh yeah yeah I guess. But then that's sort of a bit of a confusing point because when exactly did he do that? Yeah, wasn't he with Dumbledore when he did that? And Dumbledore was dead at that point. He is dead. That's right. That happens at the Maybe end of the he sixth sent it movie. There he sent it there before they yeah. all showed up at the river. I don't, I don't know. And I'll like you're saying, yeah, the Deathly Hollows themselves and the different, like what they do for the story to me as somebody who never read the books is not completely clear mm -hmm. in these movies. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. You don't, other than the Elder Wand, you interact with the other two Deathly Hallows without even knowing it. Yeah. In the, in, both of them are in the first movie. The resur the stone. Oh. And the the cloak, the invisibility cloak. They're oh both wow. in the first movie. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize that the resurrection stone was the philosopher's stone. Well, it might not be I mean, I could be or wrong. I don't want I, I'm pretty sure it is because it's the only stone that brings people back to life. Oh, like, okay, and that's the yeah. whole thing. It has to be the same See, one. I mean, I miss that. Yeah, but one of the Deathly Hallows is the cloak that Harry has, and you don't know it until the end. I like that. I think that's cool. It is. It's a cool point. 
of, uh, of the story. Okay, yeah, and so then, then we're on... Okay, I like Deathly Hallows Part 1. The beginning part was good. I do think that the walking was boring, and once again, they're fighting. I don't care about them fighting. Like, yeah. we, You'll be friends again, we know. Just come on. Let's move the story along. And then the second, uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2, is just a giant wizard battle for two hours. It's like, it's entertaining, it, it, you know. If they had right. made the last movie, if they had made the last book into one movie, it wouldn't have worked at all. Like, the fight at the end is too serious and big. One, it's the, I think it's the biggest book. If not, it's Goblet of Fire. I forget. But there's just so much to put down, and it introduces the Deathly Hallows and Snape, and you have to learn about all of this stuff. Uh, so them putting it into two movies, was that was the move. Yeah. Yeah. So after rewatching them, um, I don't know if it's going to be any easier to kind of rank them in your head. <laughs> but how would they, how would they break down for you? Number one movie. I don't know. Maybe the fifth or the third. Then I'm probably the s- fifth. Wait, I said fifth. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> The um, fifth, the third, the fifth. The fifth, the third, the fifth again. No, probably the fifth, the third. This is just off the top of my head. I don't yeah. know. No, Maybe go for it. Five, three, two. Hell yeah. Then uh, seven, part two. No, no, then Goblet of Fire. Then seven, part two. Then seven, part one. Then one, then six. And that sucks because six, like, None of them were hmm. bad. I don't even. I don't remember six being bad. I just don't remember it, and I can't rank it any higher because of that. Gotcha. That's valid. Hey, yeah, that's valid. But you know, it's not clear. I I will stand by. We talked about this. The Harry Potter movies are one of the only movie series I've ever seen where every movie is good, like undeniably yeah. a good movie, which is very impressive. That is really impressive. That's tough to do. Not even Mission Impossible. Not even Mission Impossible can pull that off. Mm. No, yeah, um, yeah, they, yeah, Mission whoa, Impossible. Whoa, whoa. Are you hating on Mission Impossible? Right I'm now? not hating on Mission Impossible. I'm just not loving on Mission Impossible. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen? Have you seen the new ones, Connor? How, are you caught up with I Mission s- Impossible? No, I saw Ghost Protocol. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're missing two, the two best Mission Impossible movies. Which after one? Ghost Protocol. Is it Rogue the Nation and then Fallout? Those are the two best ones okay. so far. Wait, I might have seen Fallout. Which one was the one with Henry Cavill in it? That's Fallout. I oh, saw, you saw that I one? saw Fallout. Yeah. Okay, that one's the best one to me. I okay, think that cool. one's interesting. Yeah, that, that one was good. Time. I really liked it. I thought it was good. But I never think I mean, sue me, like the Mission Impossible movies just seem like another Tom Cruise action movie. Like Yeah, they might be good, but it's what? also like I don't really wanna I don't know. And you have a problem with more Tom Cruise action movies? No, I mean, go, I'm not, go I'm make them. He's, he's doing the Lord's work with some of these movies. But you Have know. you seen his motorcycle stunt yet from the new one that they're shooting? He no. sh- rides a motorcycle on a ramp off a cliff and then jumps off the motorcycle. He, and he does this stunt like six times. You got to look it up after. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I'm telling you, you guys. I'm telling you. It's telling you. Speaking of Henry Cavill... Oh, yes. What a transition. Most definitely. Um, Yeah. So, folks, I'm sure you've heard the news about the new DC films. 
and what's going on. But uh, we're kind of here to make sense of it for ourselves because I think there are interesting things to talk about. Yeah. Namely, what do we want to see? What are we likely to see? And what's actually going on? Connor, what's the last DC movie you've seen? Uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay, Suicide the, Squad, the Suicide and, Squad and the Batman. The new, and the ba- oh, is that DCU? I thought you meant DCU. Well, I did here's see the, the thing. Yes. This is, this is sort of the interesting thing. Is It feels like ever since Justice League came out in 2017 and oh. kind of threw a little nail in the coffin of you know, the Snyderverse. Yeah. And then, yeah, we got Zack Snyder's Justice League, but that's more of like an after-the-fact kind of thing. feels like DC's yeah. sort of been going in a bunch of different directions to varying degrees of success and failure mm-hmm. for audiences. And so what we've got coming out in 2023 is still very much so in that kind of vein. We've got a Shazam movie. We've got an Aquaman movie. A Flash movie, which has its own set of problems. And a Blue Beetle movie. And then there's talk of that that Joker movie, you know, the Joker sequel, which I don't... I don't really want to say too much about because I don't... I haven't really looked into it that much. Well, that's about... I guess we'll talk about those. They... They have to tease who the new Superman is going to be. I mean, and are they well, going to do something with the old Superman, or did something already happen that I'm unaware of? I thought he just got, they just kind of dropped him. Well, that's the question I'm bringing up to you is sort of interesting because Black Adam just came out not that long yeah. ago, and it's spoilers for Black Adam. Um, its end credit scene is you know Henry Cavill as Superman dropping down to talk to Black Adam. But that's happening on one end. And on the other end, DC Warner just hired and announced that they were, you know, spearheading a new DC universe with James Gunn and Peter Safran at the helm. Now, on the one hand, you think, okay, James Gunn, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The Suicide Squad was really good. Peacemaker's yeah. really good as a show. And he can take these characters in a different direction. I wonder what pieces he's going to keep and leave. Mm-hmm. It becomes a little more confusing when you also have him paired with Peter Safran, who's a close collaborator with James Wan, who does the Aquaman movies, yeah. and is producing all of the upcoming movies for this year, for 2023, which don't necessarily tie into what my mind would go to as, oh, James Gunn's new DC universe. Yeah. You know, they're still kind of like the old DC. Totally. So so where does that leave us? I mean, it feels, it feels like we have sort of the, the Snyderverse still living on in mm-hmm. films like Aquaman, Shazam, The Flash, Black Adam. But they're then saying they're the doing a new, like, but they're saying they're starting a new DCU, which is odd. Other than Blue Beetle, everything is characters we've already seen before. Right. Which is a bit confusing. So in yeah. your, for your taste, for your taste as a viewer, if they are starting a new DC universe, do you want them to completely wipe the slate clean of everything they've got going on? Are there elements you want them to keep? Are there elements you want them to keep but keep separate? Do you want them to have like multiple different things? For you as a viewer, yeah. what would be the most interesting to you and make you interested to keep watching these films? Because yeah. your attention for superhero movies is harder to keep than mine. I typically it go is, out yeah. and watch most of them. Yeah. Regardless. It, mine, mine definitely is. I think, well, you know, the DCU really kind of shot themselves in the foot with some of the stuff they're 
They did. And after Justice League, I don't think I saw a DCU movie. I saw the Batman because, but that's not even the same thing. That's like a DC movie, but it's not what I think when I think DCU, like the Justice League. I saw Justice League in theaters. I was the only one in the theater. And I left the movie like, eh. That, it was the most forgettable thing I've ever seen. Was it bad? No, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. It wasn't good. It was just forgettable. And I think they, they're... So, yes, I want them to wipe the slate clean. Like, yeah, do something else. Do some, have James Gunn just start over. He is good. Let him do his thing. But at the same time, I did like The Suicide Squad. There are some... I guess I do like some aspects. I honestly think Henry Cavill is a very, very good Superman. Ooh, I I actually really you don't you don't agree on this one. Okay, well I also haven't seen many performances. I thought Man of Steel is good. I did see that in theaters, but that's the oldest. That's so that one's so old now. Yeah, well I think well there really aren't that many to go off of. I think we've both seen them all. Like his he's in Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and then Justice League. Justice League, yeah. And it's sort of like so if they're announcing that he's not still around, yeah. And that Superman's a big priority for them. What does that pair with? What are they keeping? Um, what are they lose? What are they losing? Have you seen? Have you seen like Aquaman? Have you seen no. Shazam? Have no, you, dude. You so you haven't no. seen any no. of these. I know. Okay. I know. Apparently, Shazam. I think I'd like Shazam. I've seen clips, and I know that it's funny, and they kind of embrace that, um, which I like. I don't like when superhero movies take themselves really seriously, unless it's Batman. That's it. Unless it's Batman. Like, yeah, not the the Batman was good, but unless it's Batman, I don't really want the superheroes to be that serious. Got you. Okay. So uh, for them to for me to for me to get in the seats and buy a ticket to watch these movies, they have to do something new. I think Blue Beetle is a really odd, good choice. It's Blue Beetle. That's such a weird character. Like he's people know the character, yeah. but not really and I'm really alright let's see where they're going with this because I think James Gunn at the head of a Blue Beetle movie would actually that would be pretty good well that's the thing that I'm a little confused is I'm sort of confused about where the line begins and end where yeah. these start to become the new DC James Gunn movies and when they are the old ones and Blue Beetle feels like it's a carryover from sort of old plans yeah. it's not James Gunn directing it you know he's not going to be directing all these movies he's like their new their version of Kevin Feige for yeah, Marvel. He's just, he's just writing all of them and like well supervising. Maybe all of not them. even writing them. Yeah, just more like he's like an executive producer for wow, sure and all. Wow. Of them. And I'm sure he will direct some of them. I'm sure yeah. he will write some of them, but he's not going to be able to write all of them. And they said, you know, they're planning for the next like ten years what they're going to do. So from what I'm hearing from you, it's sort of like you, you kind of want them to start from the ground up. I I would like for to them to start interested. from the ground up. Just give me something new. Yeah. I think other than the Suicide Squad characters, you can get rid of all of them. Got you. I don't, I don't okay. know. There's a couple of characters that I don't really care a lot about, and I, I, I'm not attached to, the, to DC like you are. I don't watch these movies. Um, I couldn't care less about Aquaman. Couldn't care less. It's such a... I mean, I haven't seen any of the movies. Maybe they're good. I do like Jason Momoa, but it's like, that's such a... It's Aquaman. He's lame. Like that. He's lame. Aquaman <laughs> has always been lame. Um, sorry, Aquaman fans. <laughs> and then I don't know. I think I think 
they could do really well. I think what DCU should do is, like Blue Beetle, just focus on kind of smaller characters. Focus on other things. Don't give me Superman. Don't give me Batman. We have Ooh. that. Okay. Don't, I don't want it. Give me so something you, else. You, you don't care about a new Superman? No. Actually, I really? don't at all. No. Interesting. Okay. I'd kind of like it. it if they didn't give me a new Superman. And then in a couple years down the road where they're like, all right, when are we bringing Superman in? Then bring him in. Hmm. Don't, I don't want Superman right now. Give me, give okay. me something fresh. Give me something new. And I don't Do want, want, I don't want a new Batman. I think Robert Pattinson is great. I just want to continue with him. I don't want another one. Do you want that Batman world to connect no. with other characters? Okay, so no. in your mind, the way this universe of films would look is a bunch of different standalone movies. And do they connect at all? Like, are they all? They'd have to because they like Marvel did it, and now it's the most successful franchise ever. Um, So they'd have to connect it. But honestly, I think, I think it would be a nice breath of fresh air if you, if they didn't connect, or maybe they did, but very lightly. Because I now I can't follow the Marvel movies because I missed a couple. Yeah, I missed some. I missed some shows, and then I missed some movies, and I I got lost like that, and I just yeah. So I think uh, while there is something very cool about these movies and these long series uh, connecting, I think DCU should just make standalone movies and not worry about an overarching story. Yeah, yeah. right now, or maybe really just kind of tease it. I mean, it's what they did with Marvel. Like, it's what Marvel did. They just made standalone movies, and then when you learn that they were connected, that was kind of a twist in its own right. Well, I mean, you had, like, the post credit scenes from Iron Man, the first one, Yeah. you know, teasing the fact that there's going to be an Avengers. So it was always on their mind. Yeah, it was always on their mind. You're right. And, And I think that that's kind of the hope. From what I heard about why they're hiring James Gunn to do this with Peter Safran is because they want that same level of, you know, interconnectedness planned out from the beginning and brought forward in a way that actually like works yeah. this time. Um, because they rushed it last time. They, they did. went from um, Superman yes, to, you know, Justice League and and like that, you know, super quickly all the pieces just fell on top of each other and it didn't really land yeah. together very well. That's at least my take. And the casting's pretty good. Like, it is a bummer. Would we lose Gal Gadot as a... Uh, Gal Gadot. Would we, would we lose... Oh, cool. Well, you know, would we lose the great casting? You know, Ben yeah, Affleck, she, is he still around? He's still in the Flash movie, apparently. Yeah. You know, I don't really know what they're going to keep. Yeah, what I wanted from Batfleck... I do love Gal Gadot. That, that would suck. I think they should keep her. She's, she's very good. Uh, I would only keep Batfleck if you were going to do the, um, the old chiseled Batman thing where he's not chiseled, but it's like... Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. Very like, I don't want to do this anymore, training someone. I don't want to see... I mean, I do, but I think it'd be so cool to see that because we haven't yet. We haven't seen that old Batman teaching someone or... Yeah. Because, you know... But even then, we have the new Batman. We have Robert Pattinson Batman, so it's like... I don't. Right. I don't really need more Batman stuff because I. W- I just want to focus on this one. I like. I like the, the yeah. Pat Bat. 
<laughs> right, yeah. Okay, so I don't, is, need, I don't need Batfleck. I don't need these characters that I've seen so much. I think uh, Marvel did kind of get away with having a lot of, like... I mean, Marvel also has a lot of characters, but, like, characters like Superman and Batman are so wildly overdone, and they've been... They've been done since the 60s. Like, these are the earliest superheroes. Yeah. So I'm well, just kind of like, and also they're very hard characters to write because I feel like we've seen everything. Different from the Marvel stuff where you, they did take a lot of like liberties with these characters because people weren't as familiar with them. Yeah. It's funny, though, because it's like for how long they've been around, we haven't really seen them interact in a movie form in a good way, like, ever. Batman and Superman? Batman versus Superman, you know, doesn't really do it mm -hmm. for most people who watch it. Yeah. And then in Justice League, you know, same deal. But Justice um, League was so... Not a fan. Not a fan. Not, not a fan. fan. Um, so it's just like, why can't these characters have a good story because there are good stories with them mm -hmm. in comics form and in TV. Um, how can you like model that and do that on the big screen and have it work? I yeah, feel like it real. would. So if James Gunn's going to be the one to do that, I'm all for him bringing back Superman and starting from the beginning and focusing yeah. on all the characters. Even if they want to cast a different version of Batman and keep the Pattinson thing separate, I'd be down for that. I feel like people have kind of gotten used to the fact that, yeah, not everything's connected we have multiple series running with the yeah. same characters at once. Mm -hmm. I don't think people are going to get that confused. I don't either. I don't think I don't think the problem is confusion. I think it's uh, oversaturation of of this like huge franchise kind of thing. And if James Gunn, if they are having him do that, um, if they are starting new and trying to create a large overarching story, then they should do it like Marvel. Like, they really messed that up before. Yeah. I remember being, they did. They just kind of like, oh, here's Superman, and now here's the Justice League. And it's like, wait, I don't know these people. And then when yeah. I watch it, you don't care about any of them. You don't care about mm -hmm. any of the characters in Justice League. Right, because I mean, it, yeah, I, d yeah. I sure didn't. You, it, it, yeah. yeah, they just, they did, they didn't do that very well. Um... No, I, I, I think they should embrace the James Gunn quirkiness. I think they should embrace the violence, too. Hmm. Because it worked for the Suicide Squad, and James Gunn is a very violent director, which is funny because yeah. he's so funny. And he really wasn't for Guardians of the Galaxy, other than maybe the Arrow scene, but, like... Um, he... The Suicide Squad was the most violent movie I've ever seen, probably. And it was awesome like it was so sick and i want that i want to see you know i want to see the real thing i think after the boys superheroes aren't the same like we know what it looks like when a when a superhero lasers someone now so like yeah. let's see it and um yeah it's just I don't know. The DCU, you'd have they'd have to really do something to get me in the theater. They'd have to do something new. Okay. Or something okay, bold. Okay, so you're So you're kind of cold on it. You're yeah. even the concept of having it connected well from the beginning isn't that wildly interesting to you because you've already seen it done by Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically. If if 
if there were a handful of characters that you would want to see them interconnect and make like a little Justice League, would they be any different? Like what what would be the characters that you're still really wanting to see? Like for instance, some a character for me that I want to see done well on the big screen is Green Lantern. Like I would love yeah, to see same. that kind of grow and do well mm-hmm. and see a lot of different movies in a franchise like that. And whether it's connected to Justice League or not, I guess I don't really care. Yeah. I don't um, know about you. I don't. I mean, yeah, there's a couple characters I'd want to see. I do like DC, I think, has a lot more characters that like don't have powers or don't or are just kind of humans. And I really like that. And I think they should dive into that more. I think Marvel, once again, is kind of oversaturating with these characters that are so freaking invincibly like strong and and powerful. And it's cool. But I don't know. I I think Watchmen is better because a lot of them don't have any powers at all, except for literally two people. I think just one. I think it's just Dr. Ozymandias kind of has powers. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's does super he like strength. I think he's super strength. Super, he's just heightened. Everything about him is heightened, I believe. But yeah, uh, Dr. Manhattan. Okay. Well, that's That's so interesting. Like, no one has powers in the Watchmen universe. And then when the guy who does shows up, it's like, I feel like that's realistic to how we would act. Like, hold on, this guy's like a god. Like, we, we can't just yeah. let him be out there. And I really like that dynamic. And I think Watchmen is one of the best comics ever made. And it's one of the best superhero stories ever told. So I think they should kind of embrace what DC does best. Is is kind of low to the ground detective, not even detective, but low to the ground, just real stuff. I think that's where Batman thrives. Batman doesn't have any superpowers, and in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, no one does. No one has superpowers. They're all people, and it works the best. Yeah. So yeah, I, and even even yeah. something like Suicide Squad, where there are some mm-hmm. characters with pretty bizarre powers, there are also a few like Harley Quinn or most of the major characters in the movie don't really yeah. have powers. The ones you care about the most, you know, the main characters, mm-hmm. Peacemaker, Rick Flag. Um, yeah, so I get what you're saying, and I think that that would be really interesting to see. I think and they could also keep around stuff like Shazam, where it's more yeah. family-friendly. Yeah, definitely. Have to That's why I kind of think they should embrace the standalone. Just, okay, yeah. you want the family-friendly, go to Shazam. They're killing it there. Have that team do that thing. And then have the team do the, have James Gunn do his thing, and then have the violent team do their thing, and then have whatever. I think, once again, that's also Marvel really like, I, I kind of did that well. Uh, they started doing that later, but the styles of the movies started changing. And you could just watch them and enjoy this one for this reason. And, and I think that, yeah. was, that was very smart, and that, was, that worked very well in their favor. And I think they should do that for. The D for DC, I think it would just help them if they really stuck to standalone movies and not they didn't really try to focus hard on connecting them all. Got you. Okay, so so for you as a viewer, you're probably never going to be drawn in to just watching them because they're connected because they're coming out in a series yeah. like that. Novelty has worn off for you. Yes, you're more interested in individual projects that appeal to you, mm-hmm. being able to enjoy them distinctly from some sort of larger narrative, or if there is that involved, it doesn't distract from your enjoyment of the movie. Yeah. 
Okay. Yes. That 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 sounds like something that I think would be interesting to see. I don't know if that's what's going to be done. My guess, what do you think is going to be done? I mean, I know we said we wouldn't really speculate as much, but... I do think they're going to try to franchise. Do? I'm not going to speculate yeah. too much because I don't, I don't really know what they're going to do. And James Gunn is smart, so I, I hope that it turns out very well. But I think they'll try to franchise it. I think they'll bring back Superman as quick as they can because yeah. I think they think more people want Superman than they actually do. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if I people would really mind right. if there wasn't a Superman for a minute. Yeah, I mean, people certainly didn't for most of like everything after Christopher Reeve. It felt yeah. like, yeah, Superman Returns didn't do very well. Nobody really talks about that movie or cares. Mm-hmm. So also, yeah. Superman is just such a hard character because he's perfect. He's a per- oh yeah. He's perfect. Imagine writing a movie and the main character is perfect. Literally, he. One, Superman was written to be like, he's the nicest guy. He's a human, but he's not. And ooh. and then he can't die. He's invincible. He can fly. He has laser. Like, he is, he's kind of like, he's not as strong as Dr. Manhattan, kind of God level, but he's like a God. Right. Writing that character and making him vulnerable and relatable and make the audience nowadays, especially, we love that, like, we connect with these characters a lot and the characters that people connect with a lot are, are a lot more, you know, human. They're a lot, they're a lot weaker, I guess you could say. Like uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is, it's Spider-Man. He's a kid. It's like, we like that though. So I think having a character that is so perfect is very hard to connect with. And that's well, we probably, talked about this. Yeah, and that's probably why people connect with Batman because he's a dude. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit when you were talking about Marvel, and we were mm-hmm. saying Captain Marvel as a character is kind of hard for us to connect to because, you know, everybody knows she's invincible. She's yeah. the most powerful person. And so the characterization you're doing has to be, like, really, really solid for people to connect with that. And the story you're telling has to fit that character, mm-hmm. um, sort of like how they handle Homelander in The Boys. Obviously, yes. he's not a good dude like Superman ideally would be in the movie. But you'd have to write a story that treats Superman with that kind of that kind of finesse mm-hmm. and place in the world. Like we would have to acknowledge him as this powerful being and make an interesting story around that rather than just trying to tell a standard superhero story where, you know, the good guy is, you know, in this struggle against a villain that everybody knows he's gonna beat. Like that's just kind of been done even yeah. with Superman too yes, many times. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. Well, that I mean to me that about sums up what I would even think about DC. I guess I guess there's yeah. not too much else we could even say without speculating and without mm-hmm. getting into um you know stuff that's going to be revealed naturally anyway. But uh yeah. Connor I'm I'm seeing a little countdown here. Uh I don't think it's the New Year's countdown. I think no, it's, it's a not. countdown for for something else. What Is it what, the what, what time is it? It the, says the QT countdown. What the heck? What the, oh, is it? Is it quick, quick takes. takes. Oh, oh, quick takes. Quick takes. Oh, quick yeah. takes. Quick takes. It's quick takes with Connor and Vince. Yeah. Wow. Connor, what's your quick take? Welcome. Well, you got to let me introduce quick takes, oh, Vince. Okay. Welcome to quick takes, everyone. Vince really jumping the gun here. This is the section of the show where we take quickly. You say quickly. take quickly. No, uh, this is no, where we, we give, give you your opinions and you take them quickly. Yep. 
we give our opinion on something, don't care what, and uh, this is just, yeah, us talking about whatever and whatever is on our mind. It just kind of separates the episode. We thought of this very early on in the in the uh, process of our show. I don't know why I'm giving you all the actual details well, yeah. about quick takes. Who asked? Who asked? <laughs> Who cares? They're like, tell us what you think, Connor. Tell us that Skittles Connor, are okay. That's you're you're buying have. time. You're thinking of your quick take. No, I have my quick take. I have my oh, quick take. Oh, you do? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, iced coffee is better than hot coffee. Okay. Way. Just way. across the board. Across what the about board. milk? What if there's like too much milk in it? Is oh. it still better when it's cold? Well, then it's just bad. Well, that's the thing. You don't always get to decide. That's true. Sometimes people hand you a latte, and y- you didn't You didn't make that latte. It's true. I actually, if I get milk in something now, I'm not, I'm not actually someone who like is uh, the health nut about like the... You know, almond milk or regular milk, skim milk, blah, blah, blah. I just prefer the taste of oat milk in my coffee. Like, if it's iced coffee, if it's a latte. You animal. Oat milk. No, but I don't like oat milk regularly. Like, I've tried drinking it. I've tried having it. Don't like it. I like, I only like it in lattes, coffee. Like, and it just thickens it up a little bit and adds a little flavor. And I literally know this because yesterday I got two coffees for me and my girlfriend and the first one, it, we got the same thing, just different milk. And I liked mine better. Yeah. Hers was fine. It was good. It was a coffee, and it's what it, it's what it did. But the oat milk just adds something to it that I, I really like. But I think iced coffee is better than hot coffee because <clears throat> I, uh, hot coffee gets cold. Fat. If When I want hot coffee, I want it to scald my mouth. Like, I want hot and it cools down so quick for me, and then it just, I don't like it. But iced coffee, it's more just like a little beverage to have. I, I would drink iced coffee in winter. Like, I don't care. But you wouldn't drink hot coffee in summer? No, not, not really, no. I've been drinking hot coffee recently because it's, I have a Keurig, and like, that's all I can have. So I don't mind hot coffee. But when I go out and get coffee, I'm getting an iced Coffee. Are you a fan of, do you like go to Starbucks or do you only go to actually like good coffee shops? I, I'm not a stickler about coffee. I just said I had a Keurig. Like I want an espresso machine. That is a new thing I'm going to get because I actually know how to work them because at the bar I worked at, I learned how to do it. And when you make real coffee, like when you do it yourself and see how it's made and you do it yourself, it's like, oh, that's. I get it, and it's better when it's made like this. Like, this is why that coffee is good. So that actually got me on a coffee. I did not drink coffee until I started working at that bar, and I made just good coffee for myself. Mm. Yeah. I could really go for some coffee right now. You're telling me this, and I'm like, yeah. wow, I, I haven't really coffee. woken up yet today. Yes, but you know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing hot coffee, and that tells me I like hot coffee more. Well, there you go, coffee, man. So. I mean, I get it. I get it. I think there's, there is something cozy about hot coffee, curl up. But it's once again, it's a winter thing. Maybe, okay, I li- okay, I said like I would I drink iced coffee in the winter. I'll I'll be I'll shoot you straight. I like iced coffee and it's I like it better than hot coffee. In the dead of winter in New York, dude. <laughs> hot. <laughs> it needs to be a yep. hot. I did a movie and we were outside yep. in the snow and I'm just holding like hot cups of coffee just clinging to these like and my life depends on it because i need this warmth 
from this one cup of coffee I'm holding. <laughs> yeah, instead of hand warmers, they just give you little like little packets of mm-hmm. hot coffee to put in your gloves. <laughs> but yeah. you, if you clap your hands, they burst. Oh man, I it was so cold. I put hand warmers in my shoes. <laughs> Got to keep the bunions warm. Yeah, right. All right, Vince, what's your quick take? That was mine. I have a really fun, wholesome quick take. Okay, we love fun, wholesome. So, so this is our 20th episode Woo-hoo. right now that we're recording, and it's coming out on New Year's Eve, so the end of 2022, which is a perfect time to inform you that we officially hit 1,000 downloads, 1,000 listens to this podcast. Yay. Whoa. That's, wow, that's crazy. Isn't it crazy? That's it's crazy. exciting. It's exciting stuff. That's very exciting. Wow. So we've been doing this for about seven months consistently. We yeah. had one that we posted back in February, and we actually thought about doing this podcast. Can you believe it? Like, we decided to do this podcast more than a year ago, and we recorded Way our more first than a year episodes. Ago. Yeah, and we recorded our first epi- episodes about exactly a year ago because it was very early in 2022 Yeah, when we did our Spider-Man episode and... Spider-Man, wow. And there was another one. Yeah, but we didn't start posting those until later, and then we didn't do it regularly until July. So in that time, thank you all for listening so much because it's been really cool to see and, and uh, meet a little milestone. That's something that uh, we've been thinking about and kind of talking about a little bit. Like, oh, we'll hit 1,000 you know, sometime yeah. in the near future. We're like 200 away or whatever. So yeah. it's been cool. It's that's cool to hit that right before the new year. Yeah, so, thank uh, you, guys. That That's that's crazy. I wouldn't have thought, I mean, obviously a thousand isn't like, you know, the largest number, but it's, it's not. something. It's cra- it's, that's crazy that a thousand people have listened to me talk. Wow. Weird. What a Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. I, that, it, that means a lot. And it's, um, yeah, it, it, that's, this is a nice moment of, it's a, it's a, it's a real moment. Like, wow. We, you know, yeah. it's very, that's, that means a lot. Thank We're you doing guys. It. We're doing it for fun, but you know, when it, it would start to lose its its fun if we realized people just weren't listening at all. So I think it's cool to have um, very you know, true. some folks listening in. It makes it yeah. makes it worth it. Makes it fun, and uh, yeah. we'll keep doing it. Yeah, I don't know what we have planned for our first episode of uh, 2023, but I'm sure it'll be a good one. We'll do something. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, email us at uh, once removed podcast at gmail.com if you have any episode suggestions that you want to hear about. But uh, please, or any quick takes, anything. I want yeah. more than anything to do an episode of viewer comments, yes. viewer suggestions, questions, anything. That's what that would be the dream. That would be a really solid time. But thank you for making this little goal happen. Uh, and Connor, happy new year. Happy new year, buddy. Much love.